Welcome to another episode of Miyazaki and Me. I'm Kyle. And I'm Shane. And in this episode, we are going over the 2013 release of The Tales of Princess Kaguya. Or Kaguya. I'm going to mispronounce this the entire time. Cause... You got to write the first time that there, though. It's Kaguya. Kaguya? Yeah. Um, it just sounded like they were pronouncing it differently in the film itself. Um but yeah well the tales of princess kaguya or how i stopped worrying and learned to love the moon princess question mark i couldn't think of a good one because there uh i have i have opinions about okay so the way this movie went i i felt heavy emotions uh, and not like okay like anger i felt anger watching this movie Okay, uh, and it's 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 because the the storytelling was so good, but yes, I I just I have I have some heavy heavy opinions that I mean, good thing we have a podcast where we need those. Yes, exactly. Um, so so we have uh, we'll get we'll get this out of the way because we we did it in the last episode because this was released at the same time as uh, the wind rises. So the animation timeline was the Crudes. The Crudes, Despicable Me Too, Frozen, Monsters University. On the animation TV side, it was Paw Patrol. I think I forgot to mention that last time. Uh, no, you, you you brought it up just because we were both like, man, yeah. do it, I believe. Uh, so. Rick and Morty and Attack on Titan. Um, so you want more further thoughts on that? Go back to the last episode because, uh, yeah, I kind of want to get right into this one. Uh, I I literally finished this film an hour and a half ago uh, before we started recording this. Uh, so very fresh thoughts, uh, still kind of percolating, uh, but I took copious amounts of notes. Probably good that I didn't finish this uh, right before we started recording, because, like I said, I felt emotions and I would have just been laying into certain characters if we had done it right away uh i, I just want to uh, i'm going to start out by mentioning the voice cast because this was star-studded yes yes um, very as a lot of these these are but um this one feels more so but like i feel like spit characters had bigger names attached to them in this than you would more so see in some of the other ones um uh, like uh, we had Chloe Grace Moritz as as Princess Kaguya, uh, Caitlin Leone as as the young version, um, uh, Darren Chris, who people might know from uh, Glee or the Harry Potter Puppet Pals, <laughs> um, as Sudamaru. Um, the guy that I would not have guessed was this character, James Kahn, who was definitely doing some weird stuff with his voice because that did not sound like James Kahn. At all. Well, he's he's the... he's just gotten very gruff because I yeah. my my parents watched Las Vegas or whatever the show he was on. My mom did too. Yep. Yeah, and it was just like that doesn't sound that doesn't sound like Sonny Corleone anymore. Like he's yeah, it's like the years of smoking and drinking. I'm assuming have just ravaged his voice, and but yeah, he he was doing some something a little different with it as well play a little more gruff uh scruff mcgruff yeah. okay um interesting thing about that is that uh mickey rooney was originally offered the role and he actually 
said, no, go with James Caan. Okay. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And then uh, the other part about that is that on the in the Japanese version, um, the guy that uh, Takio Chi, who had recorded most of the uh, the lines for him, actually died a year before this came out. Um, okay. So he, he actually had a, didn't finish it. So they so instead of completely re-recording it, they just had um, Yuji Miyake uh, take over. Um, and finish the final six scenes. So it's a, it is a different voice actor for six scenes in the Japanese version. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, then we've got you know big actors like Mary Steenburgen, who people might know from uh, the mom from Step Brothers. I think that's the best. <laughs> I mean, modern. She's also the the Doc Brown's love interest in uh, Back to the Future Part Three. Yep, uh, Lucy Liu. Isn't it in kind of a, a side part with a with the lady that uh that teaches her was how to she, be proper? Was she also the narrator? Uh, I thought Steenbergen was the narrator. Oh, okay, yeah, that would make but sense. But I could too. not tell. Okay. Yeah, because there were times that I think it was Mary Steenbergen. Okay, because I at first thought the this that that would make sense because at first it, I actually thought it was uh Ming Na uh Ming Na Wen. Um, oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, like, yeah, that, that, that makes actually more sense if it was Mary Seedburns and, um, I also find it interesting that they didn't name those characters. They're the bamboo cutter and the bamboo cutters. Oh wife. yeah, she is. Yeah. It, she, she was the narrator. Yep. I'm looking at the cast now, the cast list now. So yeah, it was her narrator. And I, and I think the, the other thing to mention would be the prince and the, the, the five men that were, that, that were vow, uh, vying for the marriage. And that would be James Marsden was, was the prince. Yeah. Um, which and then you get... uh, which as as animation fans uh, as as we all are uh, uh, Disney Plus finally remedied something and Enchanted is finally on Disney Plus uh, and yes nice. I, wa- I watched it already um, again good because it's great it holds up actually really well <laughs> oh nice <laughs> uh, and then five well okay I'm going to say four great actors and Dean Kane. <laughs> For the other five. Yeah. Uh, Dean Kane was the Mikado. Uh, Oliver Platt played the Lord Minister of the Right, Abe. Yep. Uh, Daniel Day Kim was the Great Consular o- o- Otomo. Okay. Uh, Bo Bridges was Prince uh, Kuramochi. And uh, John Cho was the Middle Counselor uh, Isunokami. Uh, and uh, John Cho, if you're listening to this around the time that it comes out, is now Spike in Spiegel. a live action version. Uh, yep, Spike Spiegel in live action. Uh, um, Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Bebop. And uh, I'm very excited to watch that. So it's out now. It came out last Friday, I believe. Uh, no, it comes out this Friday, I oh, believe. Yeah. It comes out this Friday, yes. Yeah. Okay. So uh, so we'll watch that as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, st- studded cast. And they did yes. a fantastic job. Um, yeah, yeah, they then, did. Um yeah, fan- fantastic voice acting like throughout uh, the style um, overall. I, I really enjoyed. Um, but yeah, what were you gonna say, Jane? Uh, I was gonna uh, gonna say kind of move into the the music side of things because the other interesting thing about a person being replaced um, in this movie was that uh, Joe Hisaishi 
did the did the the score. Yep. Uh, Shinichiro Ikabe was originally hired to do the score, and they replaced him with Joey uh, Hisayashi. Okay. Interesting. Um, so my guess is that he did not have a, a similar vision <laughs> as uh, Takahata did for the movie. No, but like like Hisayashi, it it ends up being like an interesting thing, especially. I we haven't mentioned this as of yet. This is Iso Takahata's last film. Yep. As as a director. Um and uh he was actually the one it it ends up actually being a a very fitting replacement and with Joe Hizayashi because Takahata's the one who discovered him and brought him into Studio Ghibli. Uh but this is the only time they actually worked together was on this film. Oh, really? Yeah, he I did not know it, this was the only uh, one. yeah, every every other score is done by by other people for for Takahata films. Uh because mostly uh Hisayashi because a lot of them were in close proximity to uh Miyazaki films, uh Hisayashi was busy on on Miyazaki films, but this time he he made it work. Yeah, and I like I said, I have a feeling that uh, Ikebe, who they originally hired, probably did not agree with Takahata's vision, and that's why they they probably made that change because it sounds like it was closer to last minute that they did that. Yep, um, I mean actually, last minute to when they would ha need the score. So yeah, and on, actually on uh, on the music front, uh, so a lot of the music uh, ends up being it's the Dakota. Uh, what's the instrument that uh, she ends up playing most of the time? Yep, it's the Coda. Coda? Okay. Um, what was the name of that anime that made you cry about the kids in the Coda club? Uh, uh, that would be, um, that made me cry. That's, there's so many of them. Um, one second. I have it actually written down here. Uh, Kono Odo, uh, Kono Odo Tamari. Uh, which is I'm reading the manga for still, and I'm oh, hoping that nice. the third season will probably will take a little while to come out because the manga's probably not far enough for for season three yet. So okay, but yeah, Kono Odo, uh, uh, yep. So Kono Odo uh, Atame, uh, uh, Tamare, uh, very good, very good anime. Okay, I think it's very slice of life. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just I just remember I was like, oh hey, wasn't there an anime that Shane was watching? Back when we lived together, of you know, like kids playing a coda and yeah, being in a club that was just playing the coda. Um, so at least I know I wasn't going crazy with that memory. Nope, nope, you are completely right. Um, yeah, and then I, I mean, animation wise, I thought it was, I thought this was gorgeous, I thought this was yes. a beautiful movie. I really, uh, really, unlike unlike uh, uh, the my neighbors the Yamadas, uh, I thought that that this did not seem jarring to be the the kind of pencil drawn um, style that it is. Um, I mean that one I got used to it as the movie went on. This one right from the get go, I'm just like, oh, gorgeous. Yeah, it 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 very much fit because this this has a more old worldy kind of feel to it so like like i think that that this style fits this more than it did 
my neighbors, the Yamadas, you know, like I always think of that, that tapestry of the, the typhoon or of the big typhoon tsunami wave, um, and, and stuff like then and older paintings like that. And yep. that's, that's the type of style and the type of color palette that they were using for, for this film. Um, and, um, except for one sequence, uh, which was actually one of my, my favorite sequences in the, in the whole film is the, the first time she runs out into the woods, um, as they, they've moved in and moved to the capital city and everything's more prim and proper, but she's, you know, very much a country style girl and wanting to you know get out and kind of let run away in a way and they stripped everything down and it was mostly just the big brush strokes and very you know and it was just such so beautifully animated because it was so simple um and i'm just like oh wow like and like it felt very almost like a demon possessed like running and running through the woods yeah her and like her running through the tall grass and things like that it just it the the motion and the movement just made her look like she was going just so quick as well yeah Um, well yeah and it's it's, the way that they did that 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 worked in that uh that it it was like stunted is not the right word for it but it but it was almost like you were seeing like flashes of the movement but it made it look quicker yeah yeah that's like um actually one of the things that i um because I've, you know, I don't know as much about Japanese animation, but as a big like Pixar fan, I watched all of those like documentaries and stuff w- about like John Lasseter and that whole crew from Cal Arts, and I think they actually did a very similar approach to that to this sequence that you would get in those more student films of. You know, the fact that it's a little more gruff uh, and more pencil drawn quickly, you know, very sparse backgrounds. But the big thing is, I think, and this is where you get that that herky jerky kind of shutter step. It was less frames. You know, your 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 normal film is, you know, 24 frames per second. Uh, when it's projected, uh, television is 30 frames per second, uh, sports, you get about 60 frames per second, which is why you don't get as much motion blur. Um, but animation at times, they actually, actually only animate sometimes between 12 to 15 frames per second, um, to save on costs. Like some older animation will do that. Um, and your eye doesn't see it as as much, but it's like I feel like this was a slower frame rate, eight, and then yeah, then you get the jumps between things, and that that gives it this really interesting motion um, mm-hmm. that is very chaotic looking in the in that sequence in particular. Um, but I that... also wouldn't be surprised if they had her moving at a different frame rate than the rest of the the, the background and things like that. If yep. they slowed that down while kept her at slightly 
like slightly faster. Not not a lot, but yeah. I, I could see which, that too. Because uh, it, it, which is actually a trick that they used in uh, uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, oh. Uh, uh, Peter B. Parker, because he's older and and everything, when they're swinging in the woods... At first, I want to say he's at about uh, Peter B. Parker is at 48 frames per second. So he's super fluid. And Miles is at like 24 or 12. Um, So that you have. That's a cool way to do that. Yeah. So like you. So you see the herky jerkiness of Miles, but then the fluidity of like, you know, Peter's been doing this so long. Like he's just you know, very graceful. Um, and you can, and you can do that kind of stuff like in animation, um, that would be very difficult to do, you know, because everything is separated. Like that would be very difficult. You'd have to green screen around everything for doing that in live action. So that's, those are some of those little tricks that you can do in animation that are so cool of like, Oh wow. That, okay. That's really interesting. Like that you can do that. And then, uh, one thing that when you mentioned the, the, the tsunami painting that I also thought was a really cool animation, uh, spot in this movie was when the, the, one of the, the gentleman callers, uh, I think it was the prince, um, was out in the, in the ocean with his sword and, and then they throw the sword out there and it gets hit by lightning. And then he's seeing dragons like come out of the clouds and dragons come out of the, the water. The war, yeah. I the whirlpool that, and stuff. Yeah. It was like, it was so that cool. Amazing. Like just, just the, this style of, um, this style of animation and, and, and the, the way that it has that pencil strokes. Like, I don't think it would have looked anywhere near this good. If this was a, a more, more, common animation style like less the pencil drawn and more like not computer animated but the but the the more style that uh, the style that they use in in other movie uh in other ghibli movies like i don't think it would have looked anywhere near that as as good as it did because it just looks so natural those yeah. those the 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 face and the claws forming in the clouds and in the water it was just it was just beautiful yep um yeah and and it's and it's really interesting i think we we talked about this uh, a little bit uh, in in the last episode. It's really interesting when you think about it that the fact that Takahata and Miyazaki from our first Studio Ghibli double feature of Grave of the Fireflies and My Neighbor Totoro, uh, they've they've switched positions. Of like now, Miyazaki is the one telling the the more real world story. And Takahata is telling the fantasy. Yeah, I I would say that they did not switch positions in the way that that they made me feel though. Oh, Takahata yeah. still yeah. has a way to really get at your at your feelings and the way that he 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 writes and and directs his 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 uh, um, animated movies. Like it's just oh, he just really tugged at at me there there um, is very much it you know no ifs ands about uh, about it like maybe a little bit of a trigger warning it very much feels like there was almost a little bit of an allegory of like an assault by the emperor you know who just comes into her 
bed and just grabs her, you know, late oh, at, man. late at I... night. And it's like, what what are you doing? Like, just because you think you have this power over someone, you don't, you asshole. Oh, the this movie just made me hate men <laughs> so so hard. Yeah. From from the father from the bam from from the father to the princes to uh the emperor to the childhood friend where you're like oh and then you're like oh no he's got a wife and a child and he's like trying to run like i hated every man in this movie with a fiery passion like it it's just it the 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 way that it goes from the the dad knowing what's best and saying like oh no we've you know what she wants she's got to be a princess to be happy she needs this to be happy and making the decisions for her and making the decisions for the wife who's questioning him but like not to the like you could tell that the wife knows better uh but but is not stepping in and 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 making these changes um and i think that hasn't has i I think the way they did that had more to do with the culture and the way things went rather than because obviously there was there's a lot of women as possessions kind of allegories going through here uh or not allegories but just mentionings i mean they're, they're mentioning multiple wives and concubines yeah. Yeah. And it's like then, that that's that's fine and normal. Um and yeah, and it's like like yeah, you, you at first, yeah, you think that the father has you know, the intentions, but it's like, okay, no, you, you don't have very good intentions because clearly look at your daughter and you you have that saying of like you know, every woman wants to be treated like a princess. And then you see how princesses are actually treated because um, I'm actually I'm watching the crown right now as well. And it's like you see how princesses and queens and stuff are actually treated or are actually kind of in some ways forced to act a certain way. And you just realize like, no, why would anyone want that? That's actually terrible. Yeah. Well, and like everyone in the like him and the uh the the trainer person the one that that teaches her etiquette yeah uh, are both like like well well you'll be happy with any of them i've never met them it's a, well it doesn't matter you'll be happy with any of them they're 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 rich is essentially what they're going off of yeah basically and i i just everyone like at there's only one part of this movie where where kaguya is happy and it's at the beginning Yes. And it just made me more and more upset that you could see her yearning and wanting for more and more and just never being able to get it because all these damn men in her life are making these decisions <laughs> for her. And then, you know, she she's able to trick uh, some of them, which is fantastic. It's it's yeah uh, the way that she says, like, oh, you're going to compare me to these these things that aren't real. Well, get me these not real things. Yeah. And I, and I loved that. I loved that she was smarter than them and, and that she was able to. Uh, to pull these out and then and then you know they try to then be like oh look at this thing and and it's obviously not real like i loved all those story beats yeah it just made me so like the the one that got me the most was the 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 uh, i don't remember which prince it was but the one that essentially lays out all these like i would treat you like the the finest flower and like you could see that yeah. Princess Kaguya was actually like, oh, maybe this is maybe this one's true. And then you see that the wife comes up and is like, oh, the things you said to me. Yep. And it's just like, ah, just like 
men are yeah. just slime and I hate them. Yeah, no, because because <sighs> yeah, because he is he is talking um, in that, and it's like he is saying all the right things, all the things that sh- she ultimately wants, and you know, to basically, oh, I want you to be free of these these things and be able to roam the country and be able to do things for yourself and blah blah blah, basically. And then it's like, oh, no, I said these exact same things to my wife 20 years ago, and she's in the same position she was before that. And, oh, I'm also, you know, basically trying to replace her right now with a new concubine, pretty much. And it's like, yep. ah, and, and the wife great. even brings up, oh, what about the ones before me that have to shave their head and, and go to nunneries? Yeah. She's yeah. Uh, it's just it's just a lot of things disgusted me. And then the I, I don't. Maybe I should wait to talk about the end, and we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah. So, here, um, I, so actually, let's let's talk about. Uh, so this movie made some money in the box office, but not enough, because uh, basically the the budget was about fifty million, and it made about. 25 um but oddly enough it was still a high grossing film for japan um which is very interesting in that case but uh very uh, very well critic uh their critical acclaim like yeah it was yeah it was it was it was nominated um because it had a delayed um i'm assuming it had more of a delayed uh uh, uh, theatrical run in the states. It was nominated the next year for the Oscars. Um, it still didn't win, uh, unfortunately. But uh, this is actually from a uh, Kingdom of Dream of Dreams and Madness. Uh, Tashio Suzuki uh, basically said, "It's like, uh, how should I put this? Uh, Takahata has never delivered a film on time or on budget." <laughs> It sounds right. <laughs> Which is also why Takahata, or uh, how why uh, Suzuki was not the producer of this movie. <laughs> he hired a a new uh, producer, uh, whose name I am definitely going to butcher. Um, uh, Yoshiko N- Nishimori uh, was the supervising producer on this uh and he actually so he he's the producer on this and when marnie was there and then he actually left studio ghibli uh to actually start uh studio pinoca or studio pinoc uh which has so far uh released uh the films uh mary and the witch's flower and modest heroes I, I've heard really good things about uh, both of those. Well, Mary's and Witch's Flowers uh, in particular, but um, I've heard some fantastic things about both of those. Um, and I really want to watch them. But uh, kind of on the same vein of the uh, Suzuki saying that, that he's never made a movie on time or in budget for, for Takahata. Uh, this was a was released the same time as From Up on Poppy Hill. It was supposed to be released at the same time as The Wind Rises. Yeah. Isn't that... No, uh, vice versa, I think. Um, 
It probably oh, was, oh, it was. Yeah, it, yeah, it, was it probably supposed was be. supposed to be when Up from Poppy Hill came out. But yeah, no, yep. they they start. This came out in 2013. They started working on it in 2008. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Sorry. The, yeah, so the other way around. It was supposed to be released with uh, Up on Poppy Hill. Um, my guess is a way to kind of push uh, Goro being being the director of that one. Yes. And then they had to wait longer for it, but. Yeah, there's there's um, there's interesting things in the in the documentary about uh, Goro's headspace uh, during these this uh, production because he was in production on another film that was not uh, Earwig and the Witch. Um, he was starting to oh. be in production on. I think he was still in conceptualizing his next movie, and it probably ended up being Earwig and the Witch. But mm-hmm. you could tell he was just kind of in that. Yeah, I don't know what I want to do next kind of phase. And also like this is this is later on in the in the film, but it's like you feel like the loss of innocence for for Kagiwa um in the the like scene with the cherry blossoms. Um where she's yeah. actually finally out and running around and having a good time and then she accidentally bumps into this child that like is clearly like it's clearly her fault because like she wasn't paying attention where or she was but because she's now a princess the like commoners are like bow down and it's like oh we're so sorry we're so sorry and it's like it just feels like yeah no she can't be that carefree kind of girl anymore um, and that yes. was really, really heartbreaking. And then you, uh, co- like, top on top of that, then go, and the next scene is her seeing um, uh, Satomura again. And he's, you know, kind of down on his luck and, like, stealing chickens and then gets beat up by these, like, cops basically um and yeah it's just like like this was just a a big huge like oh yeah no uh this is the life that you had once uh you're you can't go back to that like this is where your life was as you know a lot of this movie was showing to, to me it was just showing off how by attempting to control someone else's life, you can ruin it. Yes. You can you can have the best intentions in mind and want to and love someone, but but by trying but instead of talking to them, uh if you try to make the decisions for them, uh you can just hurt the ones that you love. Yep. Um because all that I, I really want to talk about the end of this movie. But, um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, so like, go, like go, like go, like like transition from from this point to to the end. Yeah, yeah. So I, I to me, there, there's a point in the movie uh, near the end where she says, "If you make me marry the emperor, I'm going to kill myself." Yeah. Um, and honestly, I think this the, this was all an out. Uh, a show for she killed herself. Like to me, yeah. this character killed herself. Um, that they they ruined her. They uh, they had all the best intentions in mind, and they ruined her life. 
and she killed herself for it because nothing she could do would make them listen. Yeah. And and all the pain that the parents were showing in the end of that movie from the loss of her was brought upon themselves by themselves. They caused that. Yeah. I I I agree, and, I agree with that for sure. And it's just it, it was it was just so sad cuz like when she saw um when she runs off and tries to run away with um I'm forgetting his name now but the, but her, but her childhood friend. Yeah. Um and Satomura, uh yeah. Yep, Satomura. Uh when she tries to run off with him and then slips from his grasp it was just a a like it's too late like there's nothing that can can bring me back from this despair like it was all it was it was depression on depression on depression for yeah. her throughout this movie she she started with happiness and everything that she wanted and all these decisions that about her life that were made by other people just dug her deeper and deeper into this hole where she was looking for for lifelines and ways to pull herself out of it. And every time she was able to grab one, something else came along to yank that away from her. And normally that's something else that came along to yank it away from her was her father or, or yeah. her, um, her trainer or, you know, yeah, or her, someone her, else. Yeah. Or, or like her, I, I, I actually enjoyed the, uh, Mary Steenburgen's character, like her mother, of like the fact that the mom like even though they have these you know more grandiose things and are in this palace she's like no i want to cook and clean like and make my own stuff like i always did because this is what i do like why why should i change that um and she she at least had you know her husband didn't fight her as much on it because you know she was more elderly and it's like okay so like there was almost the respect of age which is always dumb um but that that works in that culture a lot of times and it is like so so she was still allowed to kind of live a little bit more of her own life if and Lee and brings Kaguya and like lets her garden and lets her do these things. But then, yeah, you even see like with the depression stuff, like Kaguya's not enjoying doing the garden anymore and she's not, you know, taking care of the plants because she's just so down on herself, like the from then on, which is like heartbreaking. Well, it was also like that played off to me a bit as like the uh, uh, and, you know, trigger warning, you know, abusive relationship and abusive yeah. parents kind of thing of like um, uh, a parent in an, an abusive an abusive relationship who has all these Band-Aid solutions uh, that yeah. aren't actually like they're not fixing anything. But they're they're like, oh, you know, I'm sorry that 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 he he's screaming at you again. Um, you know, we'll what we'll do is we'll get you we'll we'll get you an ice cream because you loved ice cream and you know it gets to the point where that band-aid solution isn't doesn't bring any sort of joy anymore it doesn't bring any sort of happiness yeah it just causes more despair because now this thing that you loved is also ruined um by by the abuse that you've you've experienced and it's just it, it that's 
that's where the mother kind of lied to me or uh like was to me as a character as like she did know that these things weren't bringing Kaguya's happiness so she was trying to find like little things to to bring it back to her but she wasn't do she wasn't going all the way she wasn't pushing to like pushing back on the husband and saying yeah. like you know we this isn't this isn't you know she's not fully happy here we can't do this we can't do this and I mean, she did it every now and then a little bit, but and, and he would like not listen to her. And I understand that part of it, but it, it 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 gets to the point where these there these troubles can't be solved. Yeah, by a garden in your backyard. You know, you miss the you miss your forest and your friends. You can't have a garden in the backyard. Um, that's that when you lay down, sort of looks like where you grew up. Like it's yeah. just. It, it it was tragic to me. Like I, I like when she was when she turned back and and like the tear came down when she was went back to the moon. Like I honestly I got I got uh, misty eyed and and a little sad because I was just like oh, you know it's it's to me it was it was depression her killing herself it was her leaving this life behind that she wanted to love so much but couldn't and I don't. Yeah. Uh, and I just, I felt such, instead of feeling sad, I just felt such anger towards the parents, especially the dad. Yeah. And towards these other people in her life that, that decided that they knew more than her, that they knew better for her. And it just, it just irked me so hard. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I completely agree. Like it, it's like, oh, like the awful things that we, that we do to like, young girls and women it's like wow you know we we screwed up a lot um it still happens and it's I mean, yeah it still, it still a happens lot. a lot yeah which is it's the, the people that thing i mean i get that when you're you're a parent you're gonna try to do best for your children and and you're not always and and like at the beginning when he moves to the town, when he moves away from the forest and things like that, like that, that can be fine. Like that can be, you can come back from that. Like, yes, you're, you're taken away from a place that she loves, but you are building a better life for yourself and your family. I get that part of it. But when he continued to make the decisions and make those choices that, that essentially alienated her from anyone, uh, like her, it showed that her one friend and they, this showed this at the end, um, was her assistant who by the way made me laugh multiple times in the movie she was an amazing character that doesn't say much but yeah. like the uh i just i loved that character so much and then at the end when when uh everyone's frozen and you can tell that she doesn't want to go and the assistant comes out with all the ch children that didn't fall asleep and like starts making noise and brings uh brings her back and yeah. she's able to actually at least at least have one final moment. Like you're like the one person that actually like could see you was this person. Yeah. And obviously, you know, she was she was dealing with the fact that, you know, she's your assistant. She can't she can't make these changes. She has things that 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 she she can't decide. But but she always did actually care for you and was able to try to do something you at the last moment. Too little, too late, but do yeah. something for you at the last moment, which was which was kind of a sweet thing to me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um so uh like like we said this was the last uh Takahata film. Um 
so it's 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 a little easier with his because he has a little bit shorter of a filmography than than Miyazaki does at least for Studio Ghibli films um it's really interesting like the type of films that he ended up doing like they're they're so more reality based and grounded except for Pompoko um Pompoko is just a weird like like in looking at you know his his films for Studio Ghibli it's like Pompoko is such four right uh yeah he he did uh Grave of the Fireflies only yesterday this is as as writer and director um yeah. only yesterday uh Pompoko uh my neighbors the Yamadas and um Tales of Princess Kaguya uh, yep. Only yesterday I was I was forgetting. But yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know, five incredible films. Like, yeah. I mean, Pompoko kind of has its own. Th- it's it's a, a Pompoko. It's, I, I, Pompoko and and my name my my neighbors the Yamadas are my, the least favorite of of these, obviously. Um, but they, they it's just they they feel like the outliers. But like at least with uh, like Pompoko is its own thing, and I think that we, uh, as Americans, miss uh, some of the Pompoko, like what they're trying to to tell us and give to us, yes. because you know Tanukis aren't a thing for us. Like they're you know that it's not so, like it, it's a lot of lore that we don't we don't know or understand. Like yeah, uh, to us it's just raccoons with big balls, and that's not yeah. what they are. Um, but uh, uh, at least my neighbor the Yamadas. Um, the nice thing about that is that he tried something very different than everything else that was going on. Um, yes, it was a little jarring at first, but it really did tell that that comic strip story that he was trying to tell. Like, like yeah. it it did work. It did work in the end. Um, it just it just doesn't feel right at the beginning. Yeah. Um, yeah, and 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 I think the difference between my neighbors the Yamadas and this film, um, even though they have a similar visual look at points. Um, I think, uh, we, we get so much more of the everyday vignettes kind of style with my neighbors, the Yamadas. Um, but for this one, we do, we do like, if you really think about it, it is just as, I mean, is, it is the tale of princess Kaguya. Like it is a series of, you know, segments throughout her life, but this felt more, um, ha- it flowed cohesive. better. Yeah, more cohesive. Yeah. Um. Whereas my neighbors the Yamadas just felt like these disjointed, you know, tale like little stories. Yes, um, and and I mean, and when it comes to the art style, it this one had more full color compared to the, like the watercoloring yeah. kind of feel that 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 one did, and so it felt more complete uh, yeah. in, in well, the art I, as well. Yeah, and I also feel like this style works better with a an older style story. You know, like like you said, we're, we're thinking of those tapestries and those old watercolors, um, you know, with this, whereas, like, you get a little bit of the comic strip, feel with my neighbors the Yamadas but like this this felt like it fit the style a lot more 
to me at least. And I mean, this could also be something that I, I said during the My Neighbors, the Amadas, I don't remember. But like that one, if they had, if they dissected that movie and then put each one of those vignettes in front of uh, every Studio Ghibli movie, I would love the uh, uh, Neighbors, the yes. Amadas. It was just yep. too much too too much of it all at once like if those were the the disney shorts that they that they do yes. in front of every disney movie uh, or the pixar shorts i think it is in front yeah. of every pixar movie like that would feel a lot better yeah um, yeah yeah and i yeah and i, th- yeah, and I, th- and I think admit. yeah i think we we yeah we we both said something similar of like this would that would have worked better as um a as a series of shorts instead of a feature length film um i the my one of my only complaints on this film was actually it, it probably was more just the fact that i felt like i was rushed to get it watched before um we were recording but uh i was not expecting it to be two hours and 15 minutes um so the the length made it drag a little bit at points um but but it was still um that that's really like one of my only uh like nitpicky things is just I would agree with that like it, it felt like the pacing was a little um more off but uh I I think it was still very good I I would agree with that um I th- it's hard to say what I would cut in that though. Like, yeah, I think that that's, everything yeah, that's really the other problem. Yeah. Story. Cause I was, cause I was thinking about that. This is the longest studio Ghibli movie. Um, it beat out, uh, Mononoke by, I think two minutes or something okay, like that. Yep. Nope. That makes um, sense. Yep. And, uh, and I was, I was thinking, I was like, how would they have shortened this? And I go, and I, and I was thinking of scenes that I did, I thought dragged a little bit, but then I was like, no, in, in like, in the childhood scenes, like it was really important to show how happy she was and like all these little things that she did and all these friends that she made and how she grew and how she grew so quickly because uh, obviously she's she's she was a moon child. She wasn't from this world. Yeah. Um, they had to show that she was growing so fast as well. Um, and then I thought about like, OK, what about when they they moved to the city? Um, but that was uh, and like everything before the uh, the suitors came. And I was just like, no, that I was like, well, first off, that wasn't a huge piece of it. Like, I think they did about yeah. half an hour there, maybe. Yep. Um, uh, and like everything of that was important to show, like how unhappy she was in that life um, before you dra- you bring in the, the suitors and how like she expected so much and everything brought her down, brought her down, brought her down, like from the from having the big, big, uh, big house to not really being able to do anything in the house to um to the, them throwing a party for her and her not being allowed to enjoy any part of the party that lasted yep. i think they said they were on day 5 of the party at that time yeah um, it was it was yeah it was 3 3 to 5 days i can't remember but yeah you you get that that initial joy and in this this is literally the turning point of the movie um is her running around and it's like this is our house now oh cool running around running around it's like oh a like river or lake or whatever it was and then oh can i go swimming in that and then her instructor just be like no a noble princess does not do such frivolous things basically and it's like 
Oh, this is the tone we've got now. All right. Okay. We're showing like your childhood is being ripped away from you. Yeah. It's like, no, you can look at that pond, but you will never be able to go into it. Um, also, yeah, like this is, is more customs things, especially back then of like, oh, no, why why would you like your bl- the blackening of the teeth and the 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 shaving of the eyebrows to paint on the eyebrows and yeah her being almost a little more ahead of her time of like but but my eyebrows are what catch my sweat when i'm running around it's like you won't run around anymore but how how will i be able to smile why would you smile yeah, like why would you smile it's like that felt like such an important line to me yeah yeah, which is it's like it's it's almost the opposite of like oh you should smile more, like but in an equally grotesque manner. Yeah, you know, and it showed something also early on in the movie when she when she wiped away the black yep. from her teeth and smiled to the to her assistant, uh, and then later on in the movie you just you, after that you never saw a smile again. Yeah. Um. But yeah. And then everything about the uh, the suitors I thought was amazing, so I didn't think you should cut any of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you, yeah. It's like yeah. If anything, but yeah, because then, because because you also like two of them felt a little similar in that the the one with the branch and then the one with the coat. Um, yes, like they they felt a little similar. So it's like maybe you could have only done one of those, but then it's like. No, you kind of actually needed the repetition in that because it's like, oh, no, you know, like not only is just one guy thinking she'd be fooled by this, two people would think she's fooled by this. And then one ends up being a coward. The other ends up (laughs) dying in pursuit of this thing because he breaks his back, which is wild. Yeah. Um. And I can't remember what happened to the last one. Um, well, the other one was the one with the wife. Oh the yeah, then, that, yeah. The the other one was the, the one with the wife. She wanted to hear everything she wanted to hear, but none of it being true. Yeah. Um. And then yeah, the the. the um. And then yeah, actually, after she threatens to kill herself, um, is we get the most typical alpha male response from the emperor of like wait she refused my she refused my invitation oh that just wants me that just makes me want to meet her more yeah Ugh. it's like uh just just why? disgusting and then and then him being the first one to look at her uh and then just forcing himself into her room and grabbing her yeah. as you said to me very much implied uh uh, sexual assault yeah. uh, in, in a way of like her reaction to it um, especially of her like disappearing and becoming ghost like and I'm yep. just like and, and that that was another thing where I was just like oh just just the the way that that uh, I, I, I thought it was I thought it was just just very well done and just heartbreaking yeah um, it was a very well well done film um I don't know how high it'll will end up in my in my rankings when we do our rankings episode. Um, not not quality wise, but just more 
like it's lack of enjoyment honestly because of the subject matter uh i suppose because i was thinking of why i wouldn't i also don't think i'm gonna rank it super super high but i think that has to do with the fact that i don't have a desire to really watch this again yes and i think there's that because of of the subjects of of what it's about yeah um and what it implies in like and i and other people might watch this and and see very different things than what i'm seeing but like to me this heavily heavily implied uh suicide it heavily implied sexual assault uh and just generally just showed how terrible people can be even to the ones that they love um yeah i just i i I can't I, i can't see myself watching this again but i with that said very much worth watching yes love actually did i did actually very much love this movie the fact that it brought out those emotions in me yeah. i thought was showed how good this was yeah and that's and 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 again it's it's a takahata thing of like you know he you know i i very rarely am going to go back to watch grave of the fireflies oh see that was but, gonna be my comparison of like yeah. the, all the feelings that brought to me yeah i love rewatching that like i don't do yep. it all the time but like in my mind after watching it the first time i went oh this is something i am going to go back to yeah and yeah where yeah whereas way. yeah like and and almost i almost feel like the difference is 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 actually subject matter is the fact that we don't get as much um tales of the the horrors of war like we don't we don't like that that is a topic very often in a lot of um in a lot of cinema and a lot of stories um but but honestly because of you know western take on violence we don't get the anti-violence like we don't get that that often yeah it's like we we almost glorify it too much um whereas grave of the fireflies like just is that reminder of like oh this like yeah we've got to be reminded whereas i'm reminded in everyday life how awful we are to women um yeah and it's like oh yeah no we really need to try to be better um and like we'll probably end up coming up short but we've got to keep trying and you know so so like i don't i don't need the reminder in in a film um like this as often i i need you know like because i'm reminded I, of that subject matter so much if that if that makes sense how i'm how i'm saying that you know oh oh for sure it does um, I think my my viewpoint is more so uh, the reason why I, it's very it's very similar to yours, but it's it's a little different. It, mine has more to do with the fact that in Grave of the Fireflies, these are awful things that are happening to these two people, but it's it's from the war, it's from the the horrors of the war, and it's from things that are not nece- no one's necessarily directly responsible other than maybe the the family that they go to live with that are terrible to them but That's no true. one's really directly responsible for these things that happen to them it's just really tragic yeah and i can i can handle really tragic but in this one where it's not necessarily like super tragic it's just 
it's it's all these little things that are happening to her from people that from a lot of people that care care about her or are pretending to care about her and it's just piled up more and more and you just see it happen over and over and over again that it just it it, it hurts me more in a different way yes than a tragic film does yeah no that um, yeah that where, makes that makes sense yeah um so it's 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 a different type of feeling and i don't feel like i said this one made me feel angry a lot uh yes. which is like i said it shows how well it was done but like grave of the fireflies made me feel sad not angry and i don't yes. necessarily want to feel angry when i watch a movie yeah exactly. um yep I, I can see that as well yeah especially a movie like this that is so beautiful to watch and 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 honestly like i said a lot of people might might complete i i might be way off base in what uh takahata was going for um uh the only thing that i saw that takahata did say about this uh near for the end of the movie was it was an allegory for parents that lose children before they die um okay so there was a loss it was about loss but it wasn't necessarily the it wasn't necessarily moving in the same direction that i was seeing it moving yeah like i might just be seeing this differently because of you know because of the fact that i have three sisters because i have i've seen a lot of yeah. a lot of pain in ways like this happen to women i have a lot of uh i i feel i don't need to say it like this yeah. but uh i i have i have a lot of friends that i've seen things like this happen to yes um and it just i've seen the pain that this causes where i've not seen the same thing with the war yep. or things like that i can handle that one yeah, yeah, I, I agree. The happy sadness I get from from like your lion April, which makes me cry like a baby, uh, and I just love it so much because yeah. it's just it's it's sort of a happy sadness. It's like it's terrible, but it's happy. But yeah, uh, yeah. go watch your lion April. Yeah, um, I'm still not watching that, but I, I mean, eventually, eventually. I'll make you watch a silent That's... voice uh spoiler alerts for <laughs> yeah for, for something, for something yeah for for something else yeah um no cuz uh like yeah for for that thing uh I, we are going to put you know an episode or two of like television um episodes as possibilities for that as well um nice so yeah um but yeah we'll talk about that. that we'll talk about that for, later for like, yeah. yes for sure yeah. <laughs> i have opinions on that too yeah um but uh we uh yeah no I, I think that's that's good for for overall thoughts yeah i yeah i don't want to say i enjoyed the film i thought it was just you know breathtakingly well done um but like i you think said, this film is insanely well done it's insanely well done. Like, like, like it's it it is it is sad that it is Takahata's last film, but I'm also, in a way, happy that he goes out on such a well done film, um, because he has had this such this long career, and. They they talk very much in Kingdom of Dream of Madness on that that competitive nature between him and Miyazaki, and the fact that it feels like they very much made each other better. Um, yeah, and and it is sad that it's his last film, but but I do want to 
uh, point out that he chose it to be his last film. Yes, he chose. Yeah, it, he chose it. That- it wasn't a, um, because yeah, he, he uh, twenty thirteen um was when this film came out. He did not die until t- uh twenty eighteen. Um, so yeah, it wasn't yes. like it wasn't so like he health. Wanted this to be the the, the state, you know. Yes. Yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't health concerns overtly that made him feel like this was going to be his last film. It was like this is where I want to end it. Um and which it, is, and which is I mean, nice. He did it beautifully. Yeah. Cuz cuz you also know Miyazaki's going to be the opposite of like he's going to be story like Unfortunately, I very much feel like he's going to die drawing a storyboard. You know? uh, yeah, he's he's going he's going to be he's going to say each movie that he does is his last film and then still work on then his own still stuff. work on the next thing and keep working on the next thing until he can't work until, on the next thing. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So so, and, yeah, it it, it is that, nice. That's how he wants to do it. then. That's amazing. Like he, he obviously loves what he does. Yes, very much. Um, but but that's also the contrast between the two of them. Of like, you know, like Takahata kind of knew. It's like, no, this is I'm done. Yep. So, um, uh, I guess all the plugs and stuff. Follow me at Knocked Out Films on all socials media stuff uh it feels odd doing plugs after the conversation that we just had uh but yeah 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 i i feel like this might have been one of our deeper conversations on on things because i I feel like uh and i i really enjoyed the the talk of it i i just hope it come comes off well yeah (laughs) yeah listen back yeah um i don't want to i don't want to seem overbearing in my opinion on this i worried I, i worry that i swayed your opinion on it or, or might sway other people's opinions on it by how heavy I felt about this. But no, no, cause um, it, it was, it was good because like, it, like I said, it was so fresh and because I mm-hmm. literally watched it so close to, to us, the time of us recording that it was still like those thoughts were in my head, but I didn't know. I didn't know yet how to articulate them. And some stuff that you said brought up and it's like, Oh yeah, no, they were awful. Um, but yeah, I literally have in my notes multiple time like men are awful. Um, yeah, and effing men. Like, why are we? Then also the uh, the one joke. So I can leave on a slightly happy note. She says on on the. Uh, uh, it's when she goes back to the forest and all the trees are kind of cut down and dying and she ends up talking to it. Sounds like a guy who did like charcoal. Um, and yep. he said, it's the same that it's the same that, that does uh, charcoal. It's like, Oh, you know, every 10 years it's a cycle. And it's like, Oh yeah. Every 10 years, like how every 10 years they make a new Robin hood movie. <laughs> Be good to each other. 